John LeBond here with Meta Fay episode triple zero. This is part two of a two-part MP3 upload because I uploaded this separately to try and keep the show to a more manageable listen. It was originally recorded on the 14th of November 2016, live via Google Hangout. Before the MP3 upload, I thought a four-hour show was a little bit excessive, so I've tried to break it up into two more manageable pieces. Now, in the first part, I went through uh, some of the facts surrounding some of the leading figures in the flat earth scene and specifically the way that they want to shut down all dissent and all skepticism in their live chat as part of this broader thing that they're doing to stop their flock from looking at the fact that they don't have a working model and there's a very good reason why they don't have a working model but moreover it's worth going back through the chronology of what has happened over the last 12 to 18 months to see that once upon a time you were allowed to question things. In fact, that's how Flat Earth originally grew legs, was from people saying, you know what, no need to get triggered by this. Let's just look into it and see where it takes us. So the whole FE scene really has done a 180 from how it started, uh, say, circa February 2015. That's what I looked at in part one of this two-part upload. In this one, we'll be taking a look at some questions from Validation Boy. And I don't want to say too much, Let's just get straight into it and uh, pick it up from about two and a half hours into the show. Oh, and I should say before I go that there are some technical difficulties. There's one section where for about a minute or two, the hangout sort of cuts in and out. I do apologize for that, but I strongly recommend you persevere because once the Google Hangout overcomes that, it becomes uh, much more listenable and you'll have no problems. So yeah, let's get straight into it right now. Good. All right. So let's go and check the live chat. I'll read out a couple of comments and then we'll wrap this one up. I think let's go take a look. Live audience, about 40 people still watching. So I'll just go through the live chat, see what's there for now. Look, we might, we might, I might see if someone wants to join me on the show just for the last part. If you do, just send me a lot, just on Skype, send me a, a thing saying you want to come on. And if I want you to come on, I'll send you a link back. Might spend the last half hour just going through that kind of stuff. But while I'm waiting for those to come through, let me just read a few comments from the live chat. If I get nothing through, I'll, uh, I'll wrap this one up because how long, how long have we been going now? Two hours, three hours? I don't know. Too long, probably. Okay, so Validation Boy says he'd like to ask me some questions live on the air. Well, Validation Boy, how's this? You want to come on right now and ask me your questions? This is your chance to do it. Uh, only two warnings, though. If you've been smoking weed, you might want to s- uh, sit this one out because your last couple performances live on the air, you haven't done yourself any favors. You're a smart guy. Your videos are terrific, I think, the ones that you script ahead of time. I think that lets your natural intelligence come through. But live on the air, you haven't performed too well, and I think weed might be a part of that. Just my opinion. Don't get triggered, but this is your opportunity. You want to ask some questions of me? By all means. Uh, You're welcome to come on the show. You'll get a chance to speak, but are you in the best state to do that right now? If not, you might want to save that opportunity for later. Just a little warning for you. We'll go through the list. What else have we got? Uh, D. Lee's is still in there. Timaeus. Uh, let's see. John the Bond is a concave earther. Yeah, that's not true. Uh, nothing really in here that I need to respond to, I think. Let's have a look. Uh, oh, Orphan Red's in the live chat. Orphan Red. I don't want to give away too much, but there are rumors. I'm hearing that the word on the street is that Orphan Red might be one of the first guests for the official season of Meta Faith. That's what I've heard. I can't, can't say any more than that, but that's the word on the street is that Orphan Red might be making an appearance on Meta Fate. Wouldn't that be an interesting conversation? And again, I know I've said this many times. I'll say it to you guys again. This show is not about debating the shape of the earth, okay? 
This is about talking about the scene that we're all paying attention to. Most of us have left behind television. Now we find ourselves spending several hours per week, some people significantly more than that, watching these flat earth proponents. And if we're smart, not just watching them, watching what's happening in the live chat, watching the group dynamics, the social dynamics, the crowd psychology, watching these people on a micro scale and a macro scale. I've left my wife of 27 years or all the kids at school won't talk to me now because I'm a flat earther or this or that. Uh, hey, we need more money. We need more money. We need more shekels. Last experiment didn't work. We need more shekels. Oh, I'll give you some shekels. I believe in you flat earth leaders. This kind of stuff. That's what Metaphase is about. And, um, you know, someone like Sasha, she might be a flat earther. Doesn't mean I can't talk to her. Doesn't mean I can't have an interesting conversation with her, especially if she's been paying attention to the scene, which I believe that she has. So that's what I've heard. It might not happen though. Don't get your hopes up too high, but that could be what happens when this season officially kicks off. Timaeus says it takes 70 miles for the curvature to add up to one degree. How many 70 mile buildings do you know? Look, I've done the math that my maths is in the videos. I can't tell you off the top of my head uh, how tall a building would need to be for you to see curvature. All I know is that over like the 30 or 40 mile distances that we do see, no, you would not see a degree of curvature, right? And even if like... People, I think people overestimate the ability of their eyes sometimes as well. Like how, mu how much curvature would you need for it to be perceptible to the human eye? Uh, let's see. Uh, Sam Evans is in the live chat. Lovely fellow Sam Evans. I had the pleasure of meeting him in person not too long ago. And he's been on a couple of my shows. And he says that he's in Sydney, which uh, from what I can tell is true. I met him in Melbourne, but he was down here for a uh, family event. So I... Um, I I don't know that he lives in Sydney. I haven't seen his place, but it seems pretty likely to me based on what we've discussed off the air. He's a Sydney cider. And um, yeah, whether in Brisbane, Melbourne, Sydney, anywhere in Australia, you will see the stars rotate. And in the north, you'll see him rotate. Doesn't make sense on a flat earth. Never will make sense on a flat earth. It's been debunked, my friends. Uh, let's see. I think that's just about it. D. Lee says, ask Bob who he thinks God is. Uh, you, it doesn't really mean much to me, does it? Like, I don't know. I'll never get that chance, will I? Uh, it looks like the live chat has some people who are flat earth and some people who are um, heliocentric. Obviously, I myself, I'm skeptical of everything. And skeptical doesn't just mean saying, ah, I don't like it, I don't believe it. To me, skepticism. In fact, let me show you from the JLB lingo. Did I put skepticism in there? Oh, I haven't yet. I've got about 15 terms in my um, JLB lingo, but um, I haven't actually updated with skepticism yet. And it's a shame. I'll put that in there maybe later today. I meant to be working on the website today, actually, but that show happened with Low Busters today, and I thought stuff at Let's Do Metafay 3. Now, let's just check old live uh, Skype. Um, no, nothing's come through. So it looks like that's about it for this episode of Metafay. So we'll leave it there. And uh, just check the live chat one last time. Uh, open your mind, JLB. Yeah, that's the problem, guys. My mind isn't open enough. Yeah. Jesus. That's what I mean. These, these flat earthers, some of them, they're gone. It's over. They're cactus, man. It's finished for them. Let me just get off this screen. Where are we? Guys, these people who are claiming that the sun shrinks into the sky, these people who are claiming that... Um, you know, the Southern flights are proof of flat earth when they were saying the opposite 12 months ago or letting other people say this stuff as well. 
they're gone, guys. It's over. Now, the good news is that these people, their ability to think is, is so limited that when they believe something strongly, they don't really believe it strongly in an intellectual sense. It's an emotion thing, right? They're kind of blinded to the world. They're deluded to the world. So once, like if flat earth were to ever disappear, which I don't think it will, but if it were to do that, they would um, they would stop believing in it. You know, they'd just move on to the next thing, like crop circles or new age nonsense, whatever it is. Like because their belief in it is not very intellectual, it's uh, entirely emotional, then if it somehow makes them emotionally feel better to believe in heliocentrism, they'll go back to that. You know what I mean? It's all entirely emotions for them. So that's kind of good news. It's like it's kind of sad that, that humans can be so utterly moronic and retarded that they can just deny reality that's right in front of them because they think they've got friends online who, uh, who are denying that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's sad. It's sad to realize that. About, I think that's probably one of the saddest things from getting involved in this kind of scene is realizing just how dumb the average human is. Like, it's not a pleasant experience, especially if you're someone who fully appreciates the fact that you are just a regular peasant. I grew up in the southeast of Melbourne. You know what I mean? Like, the, the, the outer southeast. And, um, you know, my friends and family and myself, we all just grew up and went to pretty poor schools by Australian standards. And uh, we grew up around people with very little interest in uh, anything intellectual whatsoever, very little interest in improving themselves or um, trying to become better versions of what they can be or any of that kind of stuff, right? And, um, and yeah, I'm no better than any of that. I've been fortunate in some aspects that I got to learn about logic when I was younger, you know what I mean? So that it's made this whole process a lot easier. And there have been certain things that happened in my life that have helped me to become less moronic than the average person. But ultimately, I am just a peasant, you know what I mean? I'm just a regular peasant, just like most people, people I love and care about, people I grew up with people who I will mix with into the uh, indeterminate future. They're all just regular people. And so coming to grips with how utterly stupefied we have all been, and I don't just mean people in the outer southeast, I mean all people. I mean even people with good jobs, even you speak to a lawyer, an accountant, or any of these people, and um, accountants haven't got such good jobs these days, I guess, but you speak to people who are high up in society if you get the chance. These people are pretty dumb as well. They're just a little bit smarter at, you know, climbing the, the social ladder or the corporate ladder or studying hard at school and sacrificing 10, 12-hour days at work to get a good job or this kind of shit. They're dumb as well. People are dumb, really, really dumb. And it's not pleasant to realize this. And then if you take the time to try and work out, how could they be so dumb? And then you start asking more uh, philosophical questions, sort of, um, metaphysical or ontological questions, uh, theological questions about existence. Like, are we, are we this dumb because that's part of our biology to be this stupid? Or are we this dumb because uh, it's been done to us by the people who run the show? And once you start getting down these paths, if you, if you take the time to do the research, you will find empirical evidence that points you in a certain direction. It's not pleasant, guys. It's not pleasant at all. I have to say from my experience, it's been... Uh, there's been certain periods where I've just been like, man, that's, that's, this is bad. This is really bad. I'm not happy about this. If I had my time again, I wouldn't have, you know, read that scientific paper or I wouldn't have gone and investigated that particular topic or, yeah, if I had my time again. Sometimes you think that. But, I mean, overall, I like to think it's been a good experience. But that's why I've been saying lately I can't, can't promise anything. And, like, say with the membership section on my website, that's where I'm going to be releasing some of the more full-on stuff that I've discovered. And uh, not just that, but a whole bunch of things that I've been sort of 
waiting to release. That's where it's all going to be. You know, if people want to sign up, because I've got two levels of membership on the website. There's a free membership and there is exclusive content there as well, where I basically give more of a behind the scenes take on what I'm doing. So maybe once a week or so, I'll release a video talking about, well, this week I released this and here's what I thought about it. Or I had this live show and this guy was being a dick or, you know, just kind of more behind the scenes stuff. I mean, that's not a good example of being a dick one. That's only really been one one video where I've released talking about that. But, um, you know, generally just giving my take on things that doesn't fit into the more public stuff is for the free membership site. But then the paid membership thing, I'm launching that in a few days and like officially launching it, promoting it and the rest of it. And for the people who are happy to pay a relatively insignificant amount, I'm happy to release some of the more full-on stuff that I've discovered. And the way I see it, if $5 a week is too much for you to find out what I found out, I agree. $5 is too much for you to find out what I found out. Don't pay. Like if that if that $5 a week you'd rather spend on beer or processed foods or Netflix or whatever, then find out what I've found out, then don't give me your money. Go and spend it on your beer or your processed foods or your Netflix or whatever. If $5 is more significant to you per week than finding out what I found out, yeah, you're better off not knowing what I know. That is very easy. So I'm not going to try and talk you out of that. When I prom- when I do launch this officially, I'm not going to be trying to promote it to the wider audiences because as we've seen just in this show today, the wider audiences are not capable of even thinking on basic things. They can be utterly deluded to degrees that few people could even imagine. So uh, they, they definitely do not need to know the kind of stuff that's going to be behind the paywall. The people who are happy, they're like, yeah, I've seen two years worth of JLB stuff and whatever's behind that paywall, I want to go and find out. Fine. Uh, just pay the money and you get to see, you know, and maybe after one month you'll have seen enough. You'll be like, I'm out of here. Maybe some people are like, no, this is good. This is this is cool stuff. I'm, I'm glad because it won't just be the heavy stuff too. There'll be some comical stuff and So some people will like it, some people won't, but there'll be a whole bunch of people where it's like, no, no, I only, they won't think this explicitly, but they'll be like, no, no, I only, I only got into this whole scene because it's free entertainment and I don't watch TV anymore. You know what I mean? The idea of paying money for free entertainment, no, nah, not going to do it. And I'm like, good, don't do it. You just keep watching your YouTubers and their nonsense new age pyramid bullshit and uh, keep thinking that you're really smart because you're watching the baby hoax. Um, ex- oh, Oh, look, the TV's lying. That guy didn't really shoot that guy. They're lying to us. We're going to bring down the system talking about this news story that's false. You know what I mean? Keep watching that crap because that's where you belong. Seriously, that is where you belong. If you will neither put time nor money into learning about the bigger truths, the higher levels of the hoax hierarchy, then you do not deserve that information. That information will not help you. I say move along to your baby hoax busters or your uh, flat earth you know, sit around, talk nonsense for five hours a day. Stick with those people because that's where you belong. For a very, very tiny audience of people, a very select group of people, they'll say, no, you know what? I can forego $5 this week. What else is out there? And they'll get access to it and we'll see what happens. Even some of those people though, like when you pay your money, you go to PayPal and it takes you back to my website. It's all very professional. I'm very proud of how it's all come up actually. The first page that you see will basically just list a whole, whole bunch of things but do you really want to be here and it just goes through a whole bunch of stuff and it even gives you a thing saying okay now that, now that you've seen that you've got one chance i'll give you a refund right now okay i'll give you 20 bucks back 
and uh, we'll pretend this never happened, okay? That's the first page that people see when they get paid to get behind a paywall on my website. And, and uh, so far, no one has started promoting that yet. So far, no one has um, said, no, I've changed my mind. Give me back my, my first month's subscription. But that option will be there because uh, the rabbit hole goes so much deeper than the average person could even imagine. And uh, how many people are really capable of dealing with this information? I don't know. I've said many times, in some ways, my life is better, but in some ways, it might not be. So net overall, am I better off knowing what I know now and not believing what I've stopped believing? Am I better off? No, I don't know. Uh, I like to think so. I mean, in some ways, I mean, I'm, you know, since I've learned more about nutrition, I'm a lot physically better off than I used to be. Uh, that's for sure. But um, that's really the only area that I can point to and, and prove to you that I'm better off in terms of um, my lifestyle or the, the life that I lead and the way that I interact with people. Uh, I can't really prove to you that it's better off. So I'm not selling this as, um, I'm not selling this as, uh, ooh, you know, pay the money and your life will be better. No. Nah. No, in fact, it could it could make your life worse. I don't know. Uh, if you want to pay the money to get more entertainment, that's what it is. That's what my paywall will be. Behind that paywall will be some more of this, what you've seen so far, just with stuff I haven't really spoken about. But it's not going to be stuff to improve your life. If you improve your life with it, great. But uh, you might not. And, um, and yeah, I don't even pretend to have all of the truth. I just have a lot more than these idiots on YouTube who are pretending that they're your friends, that they're going to take down the establishment going to take down NASA, all this other nonsense. I've definitely got way more truth than them. Those people can't find the truth. They can't research. They don't care. They don't care. They're getting their attention. They're getting their shekels. That's that's enough for them. They don't care. So I'm definitely way beyond them. But have I got the full truth? No, nah, not yet. I don't think so. Maybe I never will. Probably. I mean, who knows? Who knows? But at uh, this stage, I don't have the full truth. What I have found, some of it's interesting. I try and present it in an interesting, engaging, amusing way. Like I hope that it's going to be entertaining. The people stick around. Once they've signed up, they'll stick around just for the entertainment factor. Like That's what I'm hoping. But um, right, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So, yeah, so I've got one message on Skype, but if that's not who I think it is, then we're going to wrap it up. I tell you what, it looks like we. this is going to be another long flat uh, metaphor. They always are. Why don't we send the link through to old mate? He wants to come on and ask a few questions. Let's let him, and uh, we'll see where it goes. The only thing I'll say is that they have to be constructive, right? You don't get to come on my show and attack me like that idiot Isa last week. Why would I want that to happen? Why would any sane man say, yeah, come on to my show and just attack me? It's like, there's no point. That's crazy. If you want to come on and have a constructive conversation, though, then you're more than welcome. So let's send the link through to old mate and see what he has to say for himself. And uh, when you join... Let's get it started. Let's do it. Let's uh, go through these questions you've got and uh, see if we can um, put together a constructive final segment of the show. This was going to be a one-hour show today. It really was. I really did intend for that to happen. And then that segment going through my playlist took longer than I expected. And now we're having another final segment. So maybe I'll release this as two MP3 files, maybe like a first hour, second two hours. or I don't know. I'll work something out. But uh, yeah, I like to release these as MP3. Like I said, so people can listen to them. Instead of, you know, sitting on your couch for two or three hours a day, guys, that's not good for you. You shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be sitting on your couch for two or three hours. I know some of you work jobs where you do a lot of, um, some of you like work manual jobs or something. So, you, like, that's very physically strenuous, especially as you get older. It's one thing when you're young, but as you get older, you come home, you just want to chill out. I get that. But, you know, sitting on your couch for two or three hours watching a screen, that's not good for you guys. 
And like this, even this show that I've done, even with all the screen share, because I've been describing what's on the screen, you don't need to watch it, right? You don't need to. So you can just listen as a podcast, go for a walk, go for a bike ride. You know, if you're catching public transport somewhere, listen then. Uh, much less bad for you than sitting in front of a screen. Just my opinion, don't get triggered. Now, we have been joined for the final segment by a man who's made several appearances on the John LeBond channel. I'm speaking, of course, of Validation Boy, VB. Am I coming through loud and clear? I got you. Am I on there? Yeah, mate. We've got a, sometimes from your house, I don't know if it's like the cicadas or whatever, there's a bit of like a high-pitched high um, background noise, but um, your your audio is coming through fine. When I mute, is it any better? Yeah, when you mute, we can't hear anything, dude. But um, when you're speaking, there's just like this high-pitched thing in the background. So, like, is that cicadas or is that like, um, are you outside? Yeah, I'm outside, but I can head inside real quick. I'm sorry, bro. No, that's cool, man. Just take your time. It's all good. So, uh, yeah, so VB and I, we're going to go through these questions. He sent me through a message, I don't know, maybe a week ago. I can't remember. I get I get a lot of messages and, uh, I mean, even my phone, if I get a text message, it's very rare that I'll reply to it straight away. I'm like, if it's urgent, you'll call me. You haven't called me. You've sent a message. I'll reply to it later. That's just how I am. That's how I've been for a long time. And so when I get these messages on Skype or Google, for those of you who don't know, on Google, for some reason, people can send you messages that you can only see, that I can only see when I'm logged into my inbox. So sometimes I'll get messages on that. I'll be like, reply to that later, if at all. You know what I mean? So um, I don't reply urgently. But I got this message from BB like a week ago saying, hey, man, want to do a, a thing? ask you 20 questions. And I'm like, that sounds like an interrogation. Uh, I'm not really keen on interrogation. Let's just have a, a chat now on Skype and just like, what, what is it you want to achieve? What are you trying to achieve here? Because if it's something that could be constructive, I'm all for it. I like questions. I like questioning things. I wish there was more of it. You know what I mean? So if it's something that can be constructive, let's do it. But, um, but if it's an interrogation or you've been triggered by one of my videos recently, then no, I don't want to do that. Why would I do that? Like, What's the point? Who wants to be interrogated live on the air? If you want to have a chat off the air, sure, whatever. But a live on air interrogation, that's just silly. A constructive conversation, though, that's something that the audience can benefit from and that maybe I can benefit from as well. So let's give it a try. So now in the live chat, BB says he's got 13 questions he wants to ask. I'm assuming that means the other seven have been asked. So we'll uh, we'll see how we go. So VB, are you uh, inside now? Yeah, am I sounding better? Yeah, way better, man. I'm glad we did that because what happens is when I go back and release these as MP3, Sometimes the audio, I think to myself, oh, this is this is not good. So I'm glad that we've got that sorted. This will come through a lot better for the listeners, I think. Excellent. Yeah, man, I, I recently got a laptop and I'm trying to figure out the configurations of how to get these microphones working. I'm going to maybe even start going live myself soon. Oh, you should, man. It's, and, uh, it's, I, it's pleasurable and you, you get better at it. Like I've done so many live shows now that, I mean, I still stumble over my words sometimes and like stuff up the screen share, but you do get better with practice. There's no doubt about that. Okay, so these questions, I've, re- I've reduced them down to 10 questions now, and they're, they're definitely not an attack. They're, de- they're definitely not an interrogation. They're just, you know, some facts that I feel like I want to know, and maybe some listeners out there would like to know your answers. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's cool. I will say, because you never know when people first start listening to your stuff. So if you're new to my material, Validation Boy is someone who, who has done, I think, really good work with Flat Earth videos in the past, where he, um, well, like when he scripts stuff, edits them, puts them together. I think they're really good quality, a lot of them. And so I mirrored one, this is like seven or eight, maybe nine months ago now. And VB's story, I'll just paraphrase it to keep things quick. Uh, he was somewhat prominent in the flat earth scene, like, I don't know, four or 500 subscribers, something like that. Went on to globe, lobe busters, as I call them. And um, everyone was happy. Everyone was friends. 
then VB came out and um, criticised the the leaders for well for for one reason or for another. They turned on him, which is what happens in this scene. Someone says something, it escalates. Next thing you know, it's a big drama. And ever since then, I guess VB, you've kind of been like a um, how do I put it? Like a, a fringe fringe in the sense of you're not you don't pretend to be friends with any of the leading proponents. Is that a fair summation? Yeah, definitely, definitely. That's good, and I think we need more of that. I think we need more VBs. We need more Jed skeptics. We need more people, whatever it is you think about the shape of the earth, whatever it is, we need more people who are paying attention to this scene, not trying to suck up to the leaders to get on their show. Ooh, I was on Patricia's show. Like, who gives a shit, man? These people aren't your friends. If that's the high point of your life or even of your week is being on one of their shows, you need to take a step back and reassess. So I say more VBs, more Jed skeptics, less kissing up to these leaders. Okay, you want to get started? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, um, on a recent episode of Metafe, you said something about um, your sympathy towards secret societies. Um, would you, at this point, be willing to join a secret society and further any of their agendas? No. No, I wouldn't, unless I knew what their secret society was about, which to me would seem like it would defeat the purpose. So, like, if there was some way they could come to me and say, hey, JLB, I'll give you a hypothetical. They come to me and they say, hey, JLB, we've been, one of us has been watching your stuff now and we reckon that you're better off with us because we all know what you know or disbelieve what you disbelieve. You're wasting your time with these morons who can't even tell you what a premise is, let alone a conclusion, let alone a logical fallacy. Like, it's great that you're trying to help them, but you're not going to get through to them, dude. They're retards. They've been intentionally retarded. Aldous Huxley tells you exactly what we're doing. We've intentionally retarded these idiots. You're wasting your time trying to talk to them. Just come and join us, man. We have cool dinners once a week and we speak about interesting, deep things. And there's lots of stuff that you don't know that we can share with you, but you've got to come and join us and promise to keep it between us. If they could explain to me like exactly what it was all about beforehand, sure, I'd be open-minded to it, but I don't think they could do that. Like that would kind of defeat the purpose because what if I then turn around and go, no, I'm not joining and you've just told me like, I don't think they could do that, man. So to answer your question, I just can't uh, practically see how that could be, how that could happen. But then again, I don't know how they operate. Maybe they've got some way of, of telling you what they do without giving away too much. Or I don't know. But like in principle, am I against secret societies? I'm not a, a, against them in principle. If they're responsible for the retardation of the masses, then yeah, I'm against that. But I don't know that they are. You know what I mean? So I hope that answers your question. Excellent. Yeah, thank you very much. And okay, so next question. How exactly would you go about rating your intellectual capacity? How would I go about rating mine or just anyone's in general? Yours. Well, I'm not sure I would be able to go about rating it. Like uh, ratings are usually a comparative or relative thing. And so how would you compare one's intelligence? Even if you had a good definition for that that you could lock down, how would you go about comparing that to everyone else's? There's so many facets to this. So if it's broad speaking with generalizations, I think there are certain things that you can point to. For instance, does that person focus on primary evidence and then base their beliefs on that? If they don't, then they're probably in a very significant way less intelligent than me. But that might not be intelligence as in what happens within their mind. That might just be a method that I was taught. I might actually be a very unintelligent person who has just learnt the method of proper research and of proper conveying of ideas to people, which makes me seem smart, but maybe I'm, maybe I'm not naturally intelligent. Do you see what I mean? So even just the concept of intelligence, it's very hard to 
compare uh, to other people. Like you'd, you'd really need a strong definition of intelligence. And then once you had, and you'd probably want to have the ability to compare it built into that definition. Do you know what I mean? So if you wanted to make it a very simple thing of um, identifying abstract shapes that can fit together, which I think is part of some IQ tests, like intelligence is the ability to, if you wanted to do this, is the ability to take abstract shapes and put them together or something like that, then you could measure that by giving people a whole bunch of tests that do that. You see what I'm trying to say? But in the way that I use the word intelligence, it'd be very difficult, I think, to um, to try and compare it, you know, without having hours and hours to sit with people to test different parts of their of their being. Does that make sense? Yes, very much, very much. Okay, uh, next question. Do you believe that your MetaFace series is truly going to be able to change the hearts of people who are currently flat earth hardcore no. opponents? No, that's a good question. No, I don't. I don't, man. And I think I went, I went into far more detail with this episode today than I planned to talking about the way that people work and the feelings-based belief. And I think this is something I'll probably talk about more now going forward. Evidence-based belief versus feelings-based belief. The majority of people, in my opinion, and I think I can prove this, who are deep believers in flat earth at the moment, it is feelings-based belief. This makes them feel good. The live shows make them feel good. The live chat makes them feel good. And I say, VB, and I said this a couple times in this show, if it makes you feel good, fine. My issue isn't with the believers. My issue is more with the promoters. People like Morgyle today saying that they've got a flat earth model that accords with reality. No, you don't, Morgyle. You never did. You don't now. You probably never will. You can't explain the southern rotation of the stars. You can't explain the southern flights. They're the people I have the issue with. But if someone wants to believe in flat earth and it makes them feel good, I say go for it. If you want to believe in heliocentrism, you want to believe that some dude weighed the earth 200 years ago? If it makes you feel good, I say go for it, man. But I'm not, I'm not going to change their minds, man. Not the ones who have – people who are feelings-based belief, they're not going to change their beliefs based on me. The ones who are evidence-based believers, they're probably not believing in flat earth to begin with, dude. So, no, I don't – I mean, I'm optimistic. I mean, Tim Osmond says that after his series with um, Ed and uh, Adam Moyer, he says he got 15 emails from people saying that he, you know, helped them – disbelieve in flat earth right now i haven't seen those emails i don't know if that's true i i want to take tim at his you know on face value on that but i've been in this scene now for two years i've received a lot of emails positive emails from people but they're not from people saying that i've changed their um their mind on anything it'd be more like oh you you spoke about this and i went and read that book and i really like that book thanks man or you spoke about this and i hadn't thought of it that way but it, but it's not it's not a major thing it's it's more sort of they were on a path and i've kind of helped them in a way right I've never had someone say to me that oh, that they were a devout believer in something and now they're not. And I'll give you another example. Say with Tesla, right? Cathexis, who was on Low Busters today, and he was on with us last week and the week before, very intelligent guy, uh, in my opinion, very well-researched guy. He clearly still believes in Tesla, right? And when I put him on the spot last week, I was like, Cathexis, I've released my material on Tesla and why I think it's all mythology. What do you think about Tesla? Now, it would have been very easy for him to say, JLB, I listened to your podcast. You're right. I've got no primary evidence that proves that Tesla invented free energy or the uh, Rockefellers took him out. I've got none of that. So I guess I have to disbelieve. He could have said that. Instead, he was more like, and look, I don't want to speak for him. People can go back and listen. But instead, he was more like, uh, you know, I, I can see where you're coming from. Do you know what I mean? Which is a wishy-washy way of saying, I want to believe in Tesla. 
right? Even intelligent people, even very intelligent people, when they've bought into a story, they're not changing very quickly, no matter how much evidence people like me bring to the table. So short answer to your question, VB, I'm optimistic, but I'm um, realistic. Yeah. In defense of Cathexis, I mean, I started his last show. That He did a 13-hour show yesterday, something like that, and I started off the first half hour with him. And it was a lot of fun. And the guy is, he's definitely one of the most intelligent minds we have in this entire scene. And, um, but I don't think that that's necessarily fair to say that he's wishy-washy and that he would definitely just want to just stay believing in Tesla. I think it's more of along the lines of that. He would be quite willing to, um, check out some of the stuff you have on that. I think he's a lot more uh, elastic mentally than you might think. Oh yeah. Look, I agree with you. When you say that he's a nice guy and he's fun, Look, I, I can't speak any more highly of the guy. And uh, we spoke off the air for a little bit, maybe not last week, maybe the week before. And yeah, it's not very often that I speak to someone where I think, hold on, this guy's got this guy's got stuff to teach me. Like this guy has read books that I haven't read. He knows stuff that I don't know. Like that's a very rare experience for me these days. That's how I felt speaking with Cathexis. So I'm a huge fan of the guy. I love how calm he is and all the rest of it. I'm simply using him as an example of how even intelligent people, once they've bought into a story, whether it's about a man walking on water 2,000 years ago, a man weighing the earth 200 years ago, a man inventing free energy 70, 80 years ago, whatever it is, when we buy into stories of people performing amazing things, we don't want to stop believing in that. And if I'm wrong about Cathexis, he can correct me and I will publicly apologize. But the impression I got was he would still rather believe in Tesla. That's the impression I got. But you're quite right, VB. He's, he's a smart guy. He's a fun guy. I'm not trying to disparage him in any way. Okay, uh, next question. Do you believe that if all the people in this scene, and especially the flat earth promoters, as you say, if they all thought the way that you think, do you think that it would, um, do you think that they'd, that they'd go away and stop doing this? Uh, if, if they thought the way that I think, uh, can, like, you... Um, processes of thinking that you go through if they were to go through the same things then it would be inevitable that they would stop doing what they're doing no i don't think so i think if they were to okay let's let's just say for the sake of argument that there's some of them who are pushing flat earth because they still believe in it because they haven't engaged in the proper uh, research the proper skepticism towards the belief and uh, they really do believe what they're saying right but then they were to learn that there is a logical way there is this thing, logic, it's not just a word. There's actually a method or a process that you can follow to come to logical conclusions. And if they were to develop this method or this skill, apply it to their current beliefs, change their opinion on a few things, I don't think that would mean that they'd have to go away. If anything, it could re-energize them, right? Because right now they're going through a lot of cognitive dissonance. Let's be perfectly honest here. People are trying to claim they've got a working flat earth model, but they know that those flights exist. They, they're going through a cognitive dissonance every day um, trying to reconcile that or trying to avoid having to reconcile that, right? If they could get rid of this nonsense belief that they can prove flat earth and do what I do, focus on the problems of heliocentrism, guys. These people claim they can weigh the earth with heavy balls in a shed, all right? That's, a, that's an own goal. And you can, you can sit there laughing that own goal every day. And that's a profound thing. All of the people that you that you're surrounded by who believe that we can weigh Mars or that we can weigh Pluto, that's based on this heavy balls thing 200 years ago. That's profound, right? You don't need this flat earth nonsense bullshit belief. You can just focus on how heliocentrism is a lie and it's a lie believed by everyone. It's a central part of this religion that I call scientism. 
get rid of your flat earth nonsense, focus on what's really important, which is that we live in a system, a lie system, and at the heart of it is a religious faith that no one even realizes is a religious faith. I think a lot of people, if they were to develop logical thinking skills, they could leave behind this flat earth promoting nonsense and come to a position of let's focus on the lie system. Instead of trying to promote our own belief system and get people to believe that we've got the truth, let's just use our method of inquiry to show that the people who run the show are lying to us. I think it could be very invigorating for them. Would some of them disappear? Sure, because it'd mean no more shekels. The moment you stop talking about flat earth, uh, they turn on you. You know what I mean? Like they turned on, um, they turned on, uh, what's his name? The guy who released the video about NASA. I think his name is Casey. No, learn of, Je- learn of the Jesuit Order is a guy I'm thinking of. Tiger Dan's another good example. Tiger Dan couldn't get the flights to work, went against Flat Earth, and they attacked him like rabid dogs. So, I, yeah, I guess some of them would be afraid of that happening to them. I guess that is a fair call. But if they had the, the strength of their conviction or character to put up with the attacks, no, they wouldn't have to leave Flat Earth. If anything, this could be the best thing for them because I reckon this is where the, the market's going to be, my friend. I reckon this is where the audience is going to be. A lot of people are sick of those flat earth idiots anyway, dude. They're looking for something new. And so if you came out with that, because what I'm doing, my operation, this channel that I've got, the two years that I've been here, comes with a certain amount of baggage for a flat earth believer who's leaving it because they've been told for a year now how evil I am. Whereas a flat earther who suddenly went to helioskeptic and left behind flat earth, maybe they could tap into an audience that I can't because too many have been damaged psychologically. JLB is too much of a demon to them. They can't listen to me. So a flat earther flipping from flat earther to just skeptic, maybe they could um, could tap into a wide audience that's waiting for them. Yeah, it, w- it wouldn't have to be a bad thing, VB, is what I'm saying. It wouldn't have to be. Some of them, sure, they might disappear, but they wouldn't have to. I think it could be the best thing for them. Uh, okay, um, next question. Now, you're a very respected guy amongst what I call, you know, the top veracity. You know, I know that you're not in cahoots with them necessarily, this, that, and the other. People have their own speculations, whatever. But let's just say... That one day, Mark Sargent, Patricia Steer, uh, Dearth, uh, you name it, the top people, Bob, Globusters, Jaron, they all decided that they were done and they just, they weren't sure anymore and they gave you control of their channels. What would you do with all their content? Hmm, that is a really good question. Um, I've never thought of it. That's a good hypothetical. I love hypotheticals and uh, you obviously, you're, you're a man into philosophy. You like hypotheticals. I like them. Some people would say that's such an abstract hypothetical. How is it useful? Well, it's useful because it, I guess, gives an indication as to what we think about their content. Now that it's out there, if they weren't protecting it anymore, if they weren't protecting their platforms, what would we do with it? That's a good question, man. I've never thought of that. Um, I guess off the top of my head, look, I think leave it there. Like leave the videos there. I think this has been a fascinating period of uh, this, this part of our society today. It's a tiny little scene. There's almost nobody here. They claim they've got millions of believers. They claim that they're growing every day. I mean, even Cathex, and I'm not trying to pick on Cathexis, but even Cathexis today was talking about this awakening that's taking place. I don't think so. I think that you speak to the average person. Don't just speak to one. Speak to five. Speak to 10. Speak to as many as you can. They don't care. They don't care about 9-11. They don't care about the shape of the earth. Even when you tell them about the heavy balls experiment, even when they believe you, they still don't care. They just don't care, man. There's no mass awakening taking place. What a load of nonsense. But despite the fact that this is only a small group of people, it's still real people, a few hundred real people. And we can learn, we can, maybe over the course of the two years, maybe closer to a thousand because people come and go. Maybe, maybe over the course of two years, it's closer to maybe a thousand, two thousand people who've come and gone, who have to one degree or another believed in flat earth. And these are the videos that caused it. 
And here's the live show where they invited this random house mum in, you know, the Midwest to come on and talk about her flat earth conversion. And from the sociological or the psychological perspective, I think there's so much that we can learn. I mean, I'm trying to do what I can with Metafay, but I'm one man and I don't have time to go and watch all of these shows. If, if you could just leave it there, maybe a research team in the future could come along and like it'd almost work like a longitudinal study, longitudinal in the sense of um, watching the same subjects over a course of time. Because a lot of these people, you can watch their development and I don't, I don't want to associate development with that. You can watch their development <laughs> sort of over the course of a year or two years. I think there's so much that could be learned from all of this. So I would say leave the videos up. And then I guess if I could, I would just post one video to each of their channels saying, um, here's, here's what you got right. You got it right that you should question what you're told by the authorities. And you got it right that they might be lying about heliocentrism. Forget everything else these people have told you. Let's go back to first basics. Let's learn about what it is to be skeptical. Let's learn what logical thinking is. Let's learn what logical fallacies are. Let's look at the trivium and see if you can learn from the trivium or the quadrivium. Let's try, and, let's try as a group to improve our thinking processes and our research. And once we've got that down pat, then let's go take a look at heliocentrism because it's even worse than you've been told. And I think maybe 1% of the people who see those videos would like them. And the other 99% would say, well, Flat Earth is over. What else is on TV? And that'd be it. Oh, no, okay. No, no, no. I, sorry, I couldn't find the button there. Okay, and um, another question. What is it that makes you so absolutely certain that all of this, as you call primary resource research, holds any validity? So, like, when you say validity, what do you mean? Okay, because, I mean, the... <laughs> You talk about your primary resource research, and but at the same time, you're also saying that all of history is baloney. So how do those two things, is that not cognitive dissonance? Well, I'm not sure that I'm saying that all of history is baloney. For instance, if I wrote a note to myself a week ago and I said, um, here's what I need to fix with my website before I want to publicly announce a, a launch of the member section for argument's sake, right? If I go and find that note in my room right now, well, that note was written in what we call history. It happened in the past, right? The note exists today, but I remember writing it a week ago. It's like uh, looking into the past in a way, isn't it? It's like looking into history. So I'm not saying that all of history is fake. I mean, without getting into a deep existential discussion of what is time, we can all agree that there are things that have happened in the past. The question is how much do we believe of what we're told about the past now, obviously, I'm very sceptical when we're told that the Germans sent more than a 1,000 of these V2 rockets. I think that's a story of like a 1,000. But any, I don't believe one. I don't believe one rocket was sent from continental Europe to Britain during what we're told is World War II. I don't believe that. Is it possible that it happened? Sure. Anything's possible. But I went looking for the evidence, and it was laughable at best. So now I say, well, until someone gives me some actual evidence, I'm not going to believe it, right? I'm not saying that all of history is baloney. I'm saying that a lot of what we're told, there's no evidence provided with it. Now, when you say why is primary source evidence so important, Tesla's a great example. Many people will tell you that Tesla did this or he did that, and they'll tell you that they've got the evidence from a book. But if you check that book, they don't actually cite what Tesla said. There's no quotes from Tesla. 
it's all nonsense, right? So insofar as there is history that we can try to agree on, it makes sense to go with primary evidence. What the person said, I'll use the same example with you that I used with uh, Nathan and Antonio on his stories written, that show that we did maybe six months ago now, it was a long time ago now, where I said, suppose in 100 years, somebody tried to write the biography of Validation Boy, right? And suppose there, was, suppose there were two people both writing a biography of Validation Boy in 100 years' time. One of them told all these amazing stories of what Validation Boy said and did. And people were like, wow, what a great guy. Look at all these things that he did. The other one simply found your uh, autobiography or a book that you'd written, a manuscript that you had written that he was able to verify you had written because he also found your friend's diary who spoke of reading your book. So he found other corroborating evidence that this was definitely your manuscript and he based his biography on your manuscript or on other people's diaries about reading your manuscript. Which of those two books do you think is more likely to give an accurate story of your life? Well, obviously the one that's based on your own words, right? Obviously. This is what we call yeah. this is what we call the historical method. You've got primary sources, secondary sources, and tertiary sources. And all the people carrying on about Tesla and what he supposedly did or said, they never talk about his actual works because they've never read his actual works. Now, if you really want to believe in Tesla, go and read what he wrote in The Electrical Experimenter. Go and read it for yourself. See if it accords, right? Now, does that just because just because we're told that this is what he actually wrote, does that mean he really wrote it? No, but we've got far more reason to give that credence than we do to tertiary sources, right? The historical method isn't about finding the absolute definite truth. It's not like empirical sciences where I can mix this chemical and that chemical and we get this reaction and you can do it too in North America and he can do it in New Zealand and we can write about having the same results. It's not like that. The historical method is about trying to find the most logical uh, explanation or overall story based on the evidence and we give far more weight to primary source than we do to secondary or tertiary sources. That's a historical method. But that's to say nothing of the truth or otherwise of broader history because most of what we're told is history comes from one source, and that's the authorities. That's from the guys running the show. And that's kind of like a different question altogether. And even just that explanation that I just gave you, I'm fairly happy with how that came out over the last minute. Most people who listen to this, none of that will make sense to them. They've never heard a discussion about the historical method. They've never heard a discussion about, like, what is truth? You know, like, even on a, on a metaphysical, they've got no idea, man. Even just, even just empirical evidence, man. When you and I use the word empirical, a lot of people won't even understand what we mean by that. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, this is the kind of conversation that you and I probably will get more from uh, off the air than on the air most. Some of my audience get this, man, but a few dozen maybe. Most of them are like, what the hell is he talking about? Okay, um, I got two more questions. One's a, one's kind of quick, and then one's a little bit uh, a little bit edgy. Nothing real crazy. Okay, the first one is: uh, we know that you believe in a creator. Would you be willing to say that that creator is more of a malevolent or more of a benevolent force? Uh, I don't know that we know that I believe in a creator. Uh, I hope that I haven't used that word too loosely in the past. What I have said is that. I have respect for the cosmos. And I just use the word cosmos to mean this realm of existence, right? Now, I don't believe in human evolution theory or the other nonsense that goes with that. Once you take that away, what are you left with? Well, we know that we're here. Does that mean that we were created by a separate being or a separate um, consciousness or something that put us here, either as individuals or as a group? 
have we always been here? Is, is time so different to what we've been told that until we take a step back and really think about it for days, weeks, months on end, you know what I mean, in proper contemplation, we can't even really get our head around what creation really is. You know what I mean? Beyond the word, beyond a, a basic concept, but at a deeper level, is it that we're so programmed we can barely really uh, I, you know, deal with this notion of where did we come from? Because we're given the dichotomy of, oh, you were either created by a god 6,000 years ago or you evolved from fish over billions of years. And most people can't get beyond the dichotomy, uh, not just because they've been given one, but also because their concept of time is so rudimentary that they couldn't really conceive of, well, how, are we, how did we get here? You know, it's, it's hard for me to say. And this is the kind of material, dude, that I'm saving for behind the paywall because some of the stuff that I've come up with, I think a lot of people will find that it resonates with them. There will be questions that they've never really thought of. And um, it's, it's really for people who, um, who value it enough to, to go behind the paywall and check it out. Just talking to you and me about this now, there's more chance that some charlatan will take what I've just said, repackage it with some new age nonsense and sell it to a few hundred lemmings on YouTube and make money off AdSense. You know, there's more chance that that'll happen than someone takes anything um, worthwhile from it, if that makes sense. So to answer your question, dude, creator or not creator, I could give you a, a much deeper answer, but at best, maybe you'll understand it and a few dozen people in the audience, but the rest of them, they won't be any better for it. You know, It won't be worth their time. Okay, and last question. Um, so this guy, Cognitive Dissonance, Tim Osmond, Bipolar Troll, Flat Frenzy, uh, whatever names he's going by now. Now, this guy's about 98% normie, like through and through to the bone. Why is it that you, such a much more intelligent guy, seems to be so enthralled and so supportive of a guy who's basically a completely useless blob and always has been? I don't get that. A lot of people are wondering what's up with that. All right, so Tim Mosman, I would recommend that people go and listen to Impromptu Chat number nine, which Tim Mosman was part of. It's a two-part podcast that I released. I'm very proud of it. Of all the two years that I've been here, I've listened back to that one. That's one of my favorites. I wish I could take that back to the two years younger version of me and help him avoid so many countless hours wasted and uh, not understanding enough to... Um, to deal with the people in the right way, the most effective way, knowing what I know now, I wish I could take it back, that podcast to a younger version of myself because it's really like a, an overview and a summation of what I've learned from dealing with people for two years in this scene. And the two years that I've been here, Tim Osman has been here as well. Now, his story is that he has a lot of time. He says that he has a lot of time on his hands. He got into this because he was into 9-11 and he's been, I guess, hooked on the drama ever since. That's his story. I've got no way of disproving that. I haven't spent much time speaking to him off the air, so it's hard for me to corroborate that. I can't really say it's true or untrue, but on the surface of it, I can believe it because this scene can suck people in. Once you get here, next thing you know, you're paying a lot of attention. And he was here before Flat Earth, man, before this Flat Earth Renaissance, before Flat Earth Clues Part 1, before any of that, he was there through the Transasia thing. He was there through the hoax busting thing. So he has seen a lot of what I've seen in this scene. And so just from having that shared uh, history, that alone makes him interesting to me. I think a lot of I think a lot of people get upset by him. They get triggered by him because they don't like they're not really secure in their positions. And so he triggers people. And look, so do I. Without even really trying, he intentionally trolls people. Whereas with me, it's not usually so intentional. I mean, I went through that list of my flat Earth chronology, that thirty video playlist earlier in this show, and I said there was a few videos where, yeah, of course, I was just triggering people for fun. You know what I mean? 
I do it a little bit. He does it a lot of the time. You know, most people do it to some degree or another. He's just more obvious about it. And he's very open about it. He says he's a troll. He even uses some of his accounts. He calls himself a troll, you know, and some people just can't handle that. And not, I can see why they can't handle it, man. I can see why they don't get it. But I guess for me, I'm not so easily triggered. I'm not, that's not the part of him I'm interested in. I'm not interested in, oh, he made me feel bad or, oh, you know, it doesn't, doesn't bother me. You know, I'm focused more on what can he offer in terms of his, his take on this scene. And as I said, when you first joined, I wish there was more Jed Skeptics. I wish there was more VBs, people who weren't falling in line with the leaders. That's one of the big problems, not just with this scene, but with humanity, is people's propensity to fall in line, to be part of a social group and part of a social dynamic and not call this person out because they're afraid it might get back to someone else or not point out the problem with that guy because eventually they want to be on his show. They just fall into line. People like Tim Osman, he's not trying to fall in line with anyone. You know what I mean? Even on, even on my show, he was trolling me. There's no way that guy really believes that dinosaurs are 66 million years old, right? But he said that he did as part of trolling me. That's my opinion. He can disagree if he wants, but I don't think he really believes that crap. He might believe in dinosaurs, but when we were going through that list of things normies believed, I'm like, all right, uh, lizard birds existed 66 million years ago. Uh, And he's like, yep. And I'm like, no, you don't, man. You don't believe that crap. He'll even troll me. He's He's not trying to fall into line with anyone. We need more people like that. He's going to get a few people's uh, niggas in a twist. He's going to upset a few people. Bad luck for those people, man. If you're getting upset by what some, like if you're getting really upset by what someone says in a live Google Hangout that no one forced you to watch, you've got bigger problems than Tim Osman, man. You've got bigger problems than JLB, Tim Osman, VB combined. Like you, you need to take a step away from the monitor. So I can see why people don't like him. I don't care. I don't care, man. And if, and if, they're going, if, they, want to go, if they want to stop watching my stuff because they don't like Tim Osman, then I say, See you later. That's that's fair. I guess, can I ask you just this one more? What would you say to people that, um, I know that the psycho, the, the psychological industry, uh, psychiatry, it's all baloney. What would you say to the people that would accuse you of having a Messiah complex because of how you, uh, how highly you speak of yourself and how, how you say that what you do is just so much better than everybody else's. What would you say to those people? Well, I'd, I'd I'd say the same thing that I say to people who call me either arrogant or egotistical. I'd say, I'm not really sure you know what those words mean. You know what I mean? Like I'm very confident in what I say. That's because what I say, I can back with citations and references. I've done the research. I'm very different to the vast majority of people in this scene. The emotional believers, the belly feelers, they just go with what feels, man. Whereas when I say to you, Aldous Huxley said this, You'd want to believe that I've read at least one of Aldous Huxley's book. I've actually read the book. I've got the book. I've got a pencil and taken notes as I've been reading the book. Do you know what I mean? Almost nobody in this scene does that. So when I come across as really confident when I say things about Aldous Huxley, to use one example, I've got a reason to be confident. The people who accuse me of uh, egotistical or arrogant, or in your case, accusing me of Messiah complex or whatever, it's like they're really all the same criticism. It's a criticism of, why are you so confident? And the answer is because I've done the research. I've, I've put the time into this. And because I know my track record is when I'm wrong, I admit that I'm wrong to myself. Most of the time when I'm wrong, it's not something that I've put out publicly. What I've put out publicly is a small fraction of what I really believe or what I've really found, only a small fraction. The fraction with which I'm most comfortable and most confident that I've most rigor, uh, rigorously checked, right? There's heaps of stuff that I find out I'll just put it on the back burner for several months, waiting for some other disproof to come along before I finally put it out there, right? 
There's, I've got so much stuff on the back burner. By the time I release it publicly, you'd better believe it's not just some harebrained idea I came up with yesterday. It's something I've been working on for a long time. So of course I'm confident in it. So I'm very confident in my content that I put out. I'm also very confident in me. I've put myself through a lot of things to test myself. A lot of people now don't test themselves. I'll give an example, right? Cricket. I grew up playing cricket. In Australia, we have this sport called cricket. Part of playing cricket is when you're out there batting, the other team are allowed to say really nasty things to you. as pretty much whatever they want. I mean, most people don't get too personal, but they're pretty much allowed to just try and get into your head the whole time you're out there. And it's a battle, you know, and I've had to play for some pretty poor teams where there was even more pressure on me because if I didn't make runs, my team was dead. You know what I mean? They needed me to make runs or we were finished. You know what I mean? Like that, that's actually how it was. And so you're getting all this verbal abuse from people. You've got all the pressure on yourself. You know you've got to succeed today or at least not fail miserably. That, that's character building. You know what I mean? And that's, that's been part of my growing up as a person. I, and that's just one example. There are things that I've put myself through that I know that I've come out on the other side with having done well. I've got a lot of confidence in, in myself. And I think by the time a man is 29, 30 years old, he should be confident in himself. I think he, by the time you reach 30, and I'm 29 years old now, by the time you reach 30, you should have put yourself through a number of different things, whether it's sport or unique experiences in travel or dealing with things with family or friends or whatever. You should have been through enough now that you're confident as, let me repeat that, you're confident in yourself as a man. You should be by the time you're 30. If, if you can reach 30 and deep down you're still insecure, you're still sort of, oh, no, I'm going to get found out eventually, then uh, I pity you. I truly pity you. And I pity most men today. Most men today to me are effeminate girly men. They haven't really tested themselves. They haven't really been through situations that are character building. And of course, they're going to get upset by people like me because in me, they're going to see what they're supposed to be. They're going to see a confident man who's confident because he's done the work, because he's done the research, because he's put himself through things that have helped build his character. And I'm still growing as well. Like I'm not just confident in who I am today. I'm confident in who I'm going to be in a year's time, in two years' time. Look what I'm doing. Look what I'm putting myself through. You know what I mean? Look, I'm only going to get better from this. So I'm confident in what I've done. I'm confident in who I am. I'm confident in who I'm going to be. To the average person, that comes across as being egotistical or arrogant or a messiah because it's so far removed from their experience. They are a pissant peasant. That's all they're ever going to be, most of them. And they see someone like me as being an enemy when really their real enemy, their real enemy People like me are the only potential threat to that real enemy. Them? No, they, they're hopeless, you know. So to answer your question, people want to say that I'm a, I've got a messiah complex or whatever, they can say whatever they want. Why the hell would I care? Most of them are piss and peasants. Okay, okay. Um, so lately I've, been, I've noticed you've been referencing 1984, that book, that story. Um, I personally believe that 1984 is a blueprint by the beast system, by the lie system, guiding us into what we are now. I don't see why there's a, a lot of these people are still hyping it up like it's this great thing, when in, in reality it's actually kind of a curse more than a blessing. Uh, okay, so 1984, the book by George Orwell, or as it was supposedly really called, Eric Blair, I think there's a lot of truths in that book that most people are oblivious to. Everyone seems to be aware of the idea that, oh, it's Orwellian to have cameras everywhere. It's Orwellian. It's like, yeah, okay, that's one of the many things he spoke about in that book because it's a big book. It's like, what is it, 400, 500 pages? It just goes on and on. Most people today don't have the attention span to read a book of that size. They don't. It's incredible. Did people have that attention span 50 years ago? I like to think that they did. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. But I know that today most people aren't going to read that whole book and they definitely won't read it with a pencil taking notes, right? 
So the truths that are contained in that book, uh, most people will never access them. Not because they, not because the book's not there, not because they can't go borrow the book. It's because it's beyond them intellectually to sit and engage with the book. But there's lots of truths in there, man. It's not just about cameras. It's not just about double think, or it's not just about you know double plus good, and it's not just about uh, the government stopping us from um, from saying certain things. It goes beyond that, you know what I mean. And I could sit here reeling off a dozen examples for you, but what would be the point if people won't go and read that book themselves? What's the point of me sitting here and telling them what they're missing out on? I, I've been I've been speaking about that book now for two years. Uh, I haven't had a single person contact me and tell me they went and read the book because of how highly I spoke of it. So. You know, maybe some people have, they just never send the emails, but uh, there's no point in me sitting here right now with you, VB, and telling you, no, there's a lot of truths in that book. Now, if your question is, oh, what, it, it, was the book written for us? No, I don't, I don't think it was written to help us. Like, I'm, like, I've never really claimed that. I'm just claiming there are truths in the book. Who was Orwell? What was his real motivations? Well, supposedly, I haven't been able to verify this yet, but supposedly Orwell was a student of Aldous Huxley. And Aldous Huxley himself comes from the Huxley family. Now, if you look into people like Sir Thomas Henry Huxley, Sir Thomas Henry Huxley is known as Darwin's bulldog, right? Now, if we just take uh, authority history on, on surface value for a moment, according to authority history, Charles Darwin, he helps promote this idea that humans uh, all evolved from fish. He helps promote that idea generally, or he's used as a way to promote that idea to students today. To when I, like when I was a student, it was Charles Darwin, this great man, right? Thomas Henry Huxley was known as Darwin's bulldog. He was known as the man who would help promote Darwin's theories. Back when people were much more skeptical of them, he was one of the ones who helped promote it. This, this Huxley family wasn't just Elders Huxley. There's a whole bunch of them. There's heaps of them. Go through the names. This guy's cousin, this guy's uh, uncle, all the rest of it. They seem to be heavily involved in this idea of helping turn humans, the non-select humans, into into a cattle, into a commodifiable, into a commodity uh, that can be sort of expected and like predicted to do nothing but uh, whatever it is they're trained to do at school. You know, they're training a bunch of morons. The what we might call eugenics, because eugenics isn't what people think it is either. What we might call eugenics, the Huxleys are a huge part of it. And so, if it is the case that George Orwell was a student of Aldous Huxley or was in any way related to them then that too is significant. It might be that this was not a book to help you or me, to help anyone. It might be that this was a book uh, to maybe help other other people in the know have a better idea of what was coming. It might be that these people are neither good nor bad. They release the truth so that people like me who want to read it and study it, we can improve our lives with the knowledge. The masses who don't do that, it's kind of like um, implicit consent. It's like we told you what we were doing to you. We gave you the books. We even made you read the books in school. You refused to read, you fucking retards. So now we're going to turn you into a bunch of Epsilon uh, nobodies who can't even think for yourselves. We gave you a chance and you didn't take it. It could be like that. I don't know. I don't. Why they release this information, I don't know. But what I do know is if people take the time to read the book, they'll find out there's way more truth in there than just Orwellian cameras. You know what I mean? Like, the fact that people associate that with Orwell rather than all the stuff in 1984, it just shows how far we've fallen. It'd be interesting to find out uh, the uh, numbers of book sales for that book throughout time. Have you already researched that? Uh, yeah, I would love to know. No, I haven't researched that, but I'd be more interested not in the, the book, uh, the number of book sales. I'd be more interested in how many people 
have actually read the book? Because another thing that I've learned only in the last little while is how many people will buy books because it makes them feel good to buy the book. They never read the book ever, right? Like I was oblivious to this until relatively recently. A lot of people will, will pay $10, $20, $30 for a book that makes them feel good. And hey, they've got the book there so they could use it as a resource at some point in the future, but they're not actually going to read the book. Dude, very few people are reading books now. It's crazy how few people read books. And like I've got a couple of books that I would love to write. Like I've pretty much done all the research for them. Now it's a matter of time of sitting down and, and writing the books. And I'm pretty confident that one day I will, but I'll be doing it. I kind of wish I'd already done it because now that I know that the book will almost not be read by anyone, a lot of people might buy the book. I might I might sell 100 copies, which for an independent you know peasant is pretty good. But if I sell 100 copies, I'll be lucky if five people read the book. You know, I, I kind of wish I'd written these books before I found that out. So I'm not so much worried about how many copies of 1984 have been uh, bought. I'm more interested in how many have been read. And uh, I'd be pleasantly surprised. I mean, what am I? I'm in the, the 18 to, I'll put myself in the 18 to 29 demographic. I've got, I've got a few more months left as a young person, right? I would say in my demographic in Australia, I would be very pleasantly surprised if outside of a school setting, point zero zero. I mean, let's say one in, I'd be very pleasantly surprised if more than one in 10,000 people have read the book outside of a school setting. I would be very pleasantly surprised if it was more than that. Very pleasantly, you know. And it probably yeah. your country is no better. Pro- your country might be even worse. I don't know. Like, I, it could be better, it could be worse. Dude, people aren't reading books. They aren't reading the good books. And um, like, imagine if, put it this way, baby, imagine if you were in charge of the show, right? And you were trying to help people know the truth, right? You actually wanted people to know the truth and they just wouldn't listen. Make it entertaining. They just wouldn't listen. You're like, come on, humans. I've got the truth here for you. I know you won't listen, you idiots. Bet up with them. You're like, fuck these people, man. I'm sick of trying to help them. Idiots and be morons and be like animals, be like base animals rather than the beautiful humans that we can be. You know what? I'm going to turn them into farm animals. I'll put the truth in books. And if they read, they can avoid the living like an animal, but most of them won't and they get what they deserve. I'm not saying that's how the people who run the show operate, but if it is how they operate, uh, you know, how can I sit here and judge them when, uh, you know, even I get fed up with people not reading books, you know, and I didn't even run the show. I'm not, I'm not to protect you somehow through bloodlines or something. You actually did have the truth, right? About how we really got here, something like that. And, and you knew you could, and, uh, yeah, I mean, how, how would you deal with that? I mean, how, how often do we spend time trying to hypothetically think about how it is for the They're treating us like farm animals and, you know, stuff us and, you know, you know like how many times do people actually sit down and think about, well, hold on, what, what would I do if I were them? What do they know? Most people can't, they can't actually um, get engaged in those kind of hypotheticals or think that way. They don't know what it's like to have truth to begin with. I don't. But I've got way more than most people like this, right? So I know what it's like to have more truth than the people around me. And I, I know how frustrating that is. You know, I can, I can put hours and hours into a podcast. Like that Tesla podcast was a whole week of research 
I had to go back and read five pages long and it's boring, but I read it, right? I read the whole yeah. Ryan for the show, spent hours in post-production, getting rid of all the ums, all of the ahs, made it a really easy listen, put it up on my website, completely there, all the citations are done, all good to go. It's got 500 players on my Podbean, which I'm pretty happy with. How many people have, uh, have come to me and said, hey man, thanks for cluing me on to this Tesla myth. I can't believe that no one else has done it. A few people left nice comments on the website. That's it. You know what I mean? And then, and then I try and talk to people about it on YouTube Hangouts and I say, okay, convince me. Convince me that Tesla was a great guy. What's your evidence? Nothing. Nothing but emotional uh, reactions. And I think to myself, man, this, uh, look, I'm getting better now. I'm not as frustrated as I was. But that, this has been really frustrating this couple of years. And the truth that I have compared to the people who run the show, I don't know, but I would infer it's probably stuff all compared to what they've got. So if I can get frustrated trying to help people with basic stuff, then the people who run the show, if it is the case that they say, no, nah, we'll just farm them, we'll give them the truth. And if they want to avoid the farm, they can. Anyone can read a book, but most of them won't. We're going to, we're going to farm them. Uh, I'm not saying that I support what they're doing. I'm not saying I like what they're doing because it's my own friends and family. They're farming, by the way. But, you know, what, what, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? What would you do? You know what I mean? Like, say, say instead of being in charge of all of those YouTube channels, right, my, the hypothetical that you gave me, let me ask you. If we put VB, right, the people who run the show say, hey, come out to our special, um, we've, got, we've got this place in um, Liechtenstein. That's where we all hang out once a year. VB, we want you to come and join us. You have to dress up and... It's a little bit like eyes wide shut. So uh, go and get yourself STD tested before you join in. But once you get here, it's going to be cool. You get there, you take part in their eyes wide shut orgies and all the rest of it. And then they say, once every supermoon, there's a supermoon today. Once every great supermoon, we let a peasant run the whole show, VB. You're in charge for the next thousand years. Well, what would you do? What are you going to do? Go on TV and tell the peasants, like, really? Would you do that? I mean, no, I, I was, I was personally going to ask you another question earlier. I was going to say, if you had control over like Australia right now, what kind of system of governance would you offer or would you, you know, propose, but that's such an abstract question. I don't think that I have an answer and I doubt that you might really even have an answer for something like that. No, but it's, it's something I've thought about my only right now with what they're doing. I've really only got two really big concerns with what's happening in terms of the way they're running the country right now. Like, obviously, I've got lots of things that I don't like that I would do differently, but there's two main ones. Firstly, they're breeding out the races, and I do not like that. I think in nature, there are different races of humans, just like there are different species of plant. And the idea of getting rid of all of the races and turning us into one homogenized, hodgepodge, come-together, um, mongrelized race, I don't like that, okay? I do not like that. I want there to be uh, Japanese people. I want there to be... Uh, white Western people. I want there to be Southern African people. I want there to be the, the beautiful diversity of the world. They're destroying that, okay? And I don't like that one bit. I think it goes against nature. And the other thing I don't like is what they're doing to children, teaching them all this sexual, uh, dis disgusting sexual nonsense like um, transgenderism, right? I can show you empirical data that transgender people die five times uh, from suicide, five times more likely than the average person. Why is that? Because the idea that you're a man who's really a woman or vice versa is utterly ridiculous and it's sick. And of course, they end up all messed up. Well, in my country now, they're teaching children that that's normal, right? They're, they're, they're messing up children's minds with this perverse uh, sexualization and, tra and training of um, 
LGBTIQ and all this other stuff, and it's really sick what they're doing. This some um, cultural Marxism that they're inflicting on children. I'm completely against that. So if I was in charge of Australia, those would be the two things I'd focus on. Let's stop this mass. Im- I mean, if I was on the train yesterday, right? I had to. I played cricket yesterday actually, because while I'm down here, I'm playing for a team that I used to play for. Caught the train back home. I was the only white guy on the train, man. I was the only one. It's messed up, dude. What they're doing here. You're not going to find that about it in the mainstream media, but it's happening here. It's happening all over Europe. It's happening probably in your country as well. It's they're, they're getting rid of us very quickly, man, very quickly. So if, if I could um, stop that, I would just stop mass immigration, which would also help all of the people because right now they're spending 25, 30 years to own a like a really small place now and, and mass immigration uh, is part of that as well. It's one part. There's many other parts as well. But yeah, if I could just stop the mass immigration and stop uh, – teachers from teaching children this perverse shit that's going to fuck them up yeah i'd stop that as well those would be the two first things i'd work on uh not letting them breed out the races and not letting them uh ruin children's lives by teaching them this perverse cultural marxism that'd be where i'd start but in terms of running the whole show dude if they put me in charge of the whole show this whole earth like because there's so much momentum man it's like a ship you know you can't just take charge of a ship and go all right we're turning around like it doesn't work like that, man. These things have a lot of momentum and it takes a long time to change course, right? Even for a human, it takes one human a long time to change their mind about something. Usually it takes a calamitous event. They need someone in their life uh, to, to, to die or they need to lose their job or they need something really bad to happen before they suddenly reconsider things, right? Even for one human. Imagine having uh, millions, tens of millions. They claim there's billions. I don't believe that, but there's lots of humans. We can agree on that. You think you're going to take all of these people and suddenly make them become thinking people? Not going to happen, dude. Now, you can say, oh, the reason why people are so retarded is because these people have retarded them. Yeah, I agree with you. All you have to do is read into Aldous Huxley and his family to know that's exactly what they've done. They have retarded these people. But that's the reality. We can't unretard them. That's how they are. So if they suddenly put me in charge of their mess, how would I fix it? I, I couldn't. I don't think I could. I don't think you could. I don't think anyone could. I think this is a huge mess right now that's not going to get fixed. Agreed. All right, man. Well, it's been an honor to be on here with you. I'm going to get out of your way and head out, okay? That's cool, man. Thanks for joining us, man. That was a lot more enjoyable than I expected. Thanks a lot, VB. I'll put a link to your channel in the info box below, and uh, I hope that people go and check out your work if they haven't already. Thanks. I really appreciate this opportunity, brother. No no worries, man. Take it easy. All right, I'm going to wrap up the show now. It's been um, been several hours, so it is time to say goodbye. We've still got more than 30 people watching live, so I appreciate that. I'll upload this as two separate uh, audio files. It might take me a day or two to – I want to edit out the dead air. I don't like dead air. So I might might take me a day or two to edit that out. I might just leave it as it is because I've got other things I should be doing. So I might just upload it as two separate audio files in that sense. But uh, it's been enjoyable. And that little segment with VB was much better than I expected. I was afraid he was going to come on and be like that eyes are full last week and just attack me. But that was VB at his best. That See what I mean? Like a lot of people, they they – it's very easy to watch one show with somebody and judge them on that right? But I think you, you need to give people a chance. And I thought VB's contribution there was terrific. Those were good questions, I think. Not just good questions for me, though. I hope that you guys were asking yourselves those same questions. Like, I hope these are the kinds of things that you think about. One of the problems of having instant access to videos or to live shows, or whatever, is it's very easy for us just to go into that. What do they say? Delta brainwave? I don't know if I really believe in that kind of crap, but it's very easy for us to just go into this zombie-like mode and not engage in thinking. Whereas I think we're a lot better off if we're constantly asking ourselves hypotheticals, even uncomfortable hypotheticals like what would I do if or 
would things be better if for, you know, that kind of thing. I don't mean going back into the past and be like, oh, should I have, should I have broken up with a girl or, oh, should I have quit that job or should I have gone and taken that opportunity? No, no, I don't mean that kind of crap because you can't, you can't change the history. You can't change the past. I don't mean that kind of navel-gazing nonsense. What I mean is in hypotheticals that are relevant to today about how you live your life, how others lead their lives, what might be a better way, that kind of stuff I think is good for us. It tests our thoughts. And that's the beauty of hypotheticals as well. Is there any chance they're going to call up VB or JLB and say, we want you to come and run? Of course not. That's ridiculous. But by imagining the hypothetical, it gives us an idea to revisit what we think is right and wrong, right? There are other things that we can reconsider by imagining these hypotheticals. So the questions that VB just asked me, I hope you guys were asking yourselves those questions as well. I'm really glad that VB came on the show. It means the show was way too long, but that's I'll fix that up. I'll release two um, separate MP3 audio files. And uh, yeah, go and check out. What I'll do is I'll link to one or two of VB's videos in the info box below. Some of the, the work that I think he's done that's really good. Go and check it out and uh, make up your own mind. And if you haven't already and you like his work, uh, make sure you subscribe. Encourage people like him because he's someone who probably got sucked into the whole let's be friends with the load busters at first. Then he turned on them. I think you probably learned a lesson. You can't, when people are bigger than you, much bigger, and they're much bigger than all of us, the load busters right now, you can't just turn on them and expect people to come to your site. That's not how social dynamics works. I think he learned from that. And I think right now, He's an asset to this because he's a flat earth believer. I don't know if, that, if you guys realize that. He believes in the flat earth, but he's an asset to that little community because he will ask questions of the, the leaders or make videos exposing the leaders that makes them uncomfortable. People like VB, people like Jed, even people like Tim Osman, whether you like him or you don't like him, very useful people to have around in that kind of scene. And they make it interesting. And for me, as the person who produces and hosts MetaFay, I need people like those around as well, stirring the pot. You know what I mean? Making the occasional video, doing the occasional live show, stirring the pot. So I maybe I'm a bit biased in, in promoting people like Jed and people like VB and people like Tim Osman. Maybe I've got an inherent bias. You should just analyze their work for what it is and make up your own mind. So, so that's it. So for MetaFay episode triple zero, eventually I will launch this series properly. You'll see. Eventually I will. But uh, for now, this is triple zero. Metafay on the 14th of November 2016. That is uh, Australian time. I probably should just go through a quick recap of the show. That is uh, good, proper, custom. Got some notes here. Started off talking about, because this is meant to be um, wider flat earth leaders censor dissent. Now, it did kind of go a bit off topic there, didn't it? But I'm glad it went the way that it did. So I spoke a bit about the lobe bastards and uh, their banning of dissent in their live chats. And uh, I spoke about the Morgyle and his nonsense about the flat earth model. It's, I used to think that guy was a smart guy and I still think he's a nice guy, but it's, it's been long enough. You have to get to the point where you're like, no, I, my fault overestimated him. So then, um, so yeah, Bob, why should you care about Bob? Well, Bob's saying that the government's coming to get all of us. And if you don't agree, you're a retard. The, the government's coming to get all of us, exclamation mark. And not just that, but many other things that he said. This is, guy is pretty much the top dog in Flat Earth right now. When Patricia says the wrong thing, Bob's like, Whoosh! get back in line, woman. No, we are not like a cult. That's Bob. That's your boy, Bob. And then uh, I asked you a hypothetical about heliocentrists. If you found out that heliocentrists believe implicitly, if not explicitly, that some dude weighed the earth 200 years ago with heavy balls and you wanted to go and ask him in a live chat if that were true and they banned you, what would you assume about the heliocentrists? Well, that's an analogy to the flat earth scene, isn't it? Descent not allowed. 
And uh, and then I got into looking at my playlist, 30 videos. People say, JLB, what have you done? What have you done? What have you done? Good question, buddy. What have I done? Here's a playlist. Get through that first and then come back and speak to me then. How's that sound? And uh, then we had Validation Boy on the show, which was, I think, a highlight of the whole show. So there you go. I don't think his last couple of um, performances on on my shows have been sort of as good as he can offer. But that was, that's terrific. How many people in this scene can just come up with a bunch of questions, pertinent questions that are well-worded for the most part, that make you think? I mean, it shouldn't be hard to make people think. But um, if you can't think for yourself, how are you going to make other people think? A lot of people aren't capable. So a big thanks to Validation Boy for the little cameo at the end of the show. So thanks to everyone in the live chat. I might just quickly go through the comments in the live chat. Hold on. Oh, it looks as though um, it looks as though Cathexus might have wanted to join us. Well, look, I would love to have Cathexus on the show, guys. I really would, but this one's already gone way too long. These seven-hour hangouts uh, that some people do. I know that most people only watch these things in parts, like a small part of it. I know that I get that. But at the same time, I upload these things to Podbean separately. So I can see the viewership stats. And there are several dozen people out there who do uh, properly engage with my content, okay? Several dozen of them. It, you might say, oh, but you've got 3,000 subscribers and in your video it says you've got 2,000 views. It doesn't work that way. If you look at the proper stats on YouTube, 2,000 views on a video is really closer to a couple hundred people, right? And uh, having used Podbean to upload my material, if I'm being completely honest, and that's what I'm trying to do all the time, then I think there's more likely several dozen people around the world who engage properly with what I'm doing. Here's the thing. I'm very happy with that because if you think about the kind of topics that I deal with and the kind of world that we live in, the idea that there's a few dozen people around the world who properly engage with the material that I'm putting out there whether they correspond with me or not, they contact me or not, the idea that they actually do listen to these words and think about them, a couple dozen I'm really happy with because that's a couple dozen more than most people have, which is sad, but that's the, that's the case. And I'm at the point now where I'm like, I've probably put out too much publicly already. I've probably said too much publicly already. I mean, even there's a couple of questions that VB asked where I'm like, man, that's a good question, dude. You and I can talk about this off the air. Or, or we can we can even discuss it and upload it behind my paywall, like for people who value this enough to pay five bucks a week. But the the regular people, uh, they don't. This isn't going to help them. I don't think this is going to help them. This discussion because it's it's just going to make them the one to listen. It'll make them vulnerable because they're making question things they haven't questioned yet. It'll put them in a vulnerable state. Some charlatan will come and go, yoink! You're with me now, buddy. Oh, you're questioning time now. Well, have I got a flat Earth T-shirt for you? You know that. It's probably, um, I probably said too much publicly already. So I'm at the point where, dude, if I had a few dozen people signed up, even just as free members on my website where I put some exclusive content, that's enough of an audience for me. You know, I'm going to go and make this dinosaur documentary in a, a month's time and that'll probably take me about a month uh, between filming and post-production, all the rest of it. And then come sort of late January, early February, guys, I'm going to go and, um, yeah, I think just, just become a drone and just work and save cash, man. Just save cash and go travel. That's what I'm thinking right now. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. You never know. I, I try not to make too many plans now because you never know what's going to happen. But I'm at the stage now where I'm like, uh, I've, I've figured out enough. I've still got more reading to do, more research. I've got a lot more to learn. Don't get me wrong. But in terms of this scene on YouTube, I kind of feel like I've conquered it and I don't need to put as much time into it as I've been doing. I think maybe a couple of days a week, maybe on the weekends, more than enough time to script a few videos, record a few things, upload it for my website, 
But um, the more general public stuff, now nah, I'm, I'm going to cut back significantly, I think. At the moment, that's what I think. I, I don't know. So an audience of several dozen people who are properly engaged, that's enough for me. If, I can, if that can grow with, with a good audience, sure, that'd be great. Uh, that'd be the ideal. But I'm not really stressed, man. Um, forget the 3,000 YouTube subscribers. That's nonsense. Forget a couple thousand people watching a YouTube video. That's nonsense, guys. I hate to be the one to tell you this, to burst your bubble. Globebusters don't have 10,000 people who care. Trust me. It's not even close to that. Neither do any of these other shows. And my shows with 2,000 people, that's not really 2,000 people. It's a couple hundred. And then the stuff that I upload to Podbean, it's a few dozen. And for those people, I try and keep these shows to... Um, I prefer two hours. This one's like four hours now. So I uploaded as two separate two-hour shows, and uh, that will be that. And Cathexus, if he wants to join me, can come on to Metafay on the next episode. We can chat about all these things and more because I think he is a genuinely interesting and intelligent fellow. And um, I only listened to like half an hour of that Loadbusters episode. Don't think I'll bother going back and listening to the rest, but I might. We'll see how, how other podcasts are. If, if the regular people who I listen to release enough stuff, I'll leave Loadbusters behind, but... If there's nothing else that my regular dudes who I listen to release this week, might go and listen to it. I don't know. If you're into Flat Earth, then you definitely should listen to Cathexis on, on Load Buses or elsewhere. Go and check out Impromptu Chat as well with him. All available on my website, johnthebond.com. And uh, that's about that. So with all of that said, let's have a look. Just a, a few quick comments from the live chat. Um, uh, Jed Skeptic says, played cricket. Um, yeah, I play cricket, Jed, or at least I used to five years ago. And then, you know, for years and years leading up to that, when I moved to Brisbane, I stopped, but I'm back in Melbourne now and I played some cricket and, uh, I was only playing like a low level of, um, country cricket on the weekend. Um, but you can only, you can only hit the balls that are there. And, uh, you know, I had a, had a nice day out. It was good. It was good. Brought back the memories actually. And, uh, yeah, there's some cool, there's some really cool people in the live chat right now. So it's a shame that I have to wrap this up, but guys, I've got to go. It's, it's been far too long this episode. So. Hope to see all of you again next week. Uh, let's see. Yeah, no, that's about it. I hate these dead air guys. I've got to go. Hey, listen, Jed, Orphan Red, Cathexis, Flat Earth Math. You guys are really good. Sam Evans is in there as well. Uh, the live chat is full of people I'd love to have on the panel right now, but I've got to wrap this one up, guys. It's been going on too long. So, yeah, 14th of November, 2016, Meta episode triple zero. Uh, check out johnthebond.com. Heaps of more content there. Check the info box below. I'll link to all the things I said I'd link to in this uh, in this video. But that's about that. Thanks again to VB. Sorry for the rambling for the last five minutes. Uh, you get what you pay for. Thank you. And that concludes part two of this two-part upload for MetaFay episode triple zero. I hope you've enjoyed it. I do like to, as I explained in that show, I do like to upload these as MP3 files for the benefit of people who might be listening in the future and especially for people who don't want to be sitting in front of a computer or a television for a couple of hours. These MP3 files, you can just listen to them on the bus or on the train or as you go for a walk or whatever the case may be. And so even though it does take me a little bit of time to go back and re-upload these, I think it's well worth the time and hopefully you do as well. So go and leave your comments or questions at johnthebond.com. Big thanks again to Validation Boy for taking part in the show and I'll see you guys for the next episode of MetaFay or whatever it is I happen to be uploading next it can vary a little bit at johnthebond.com, as my interests can, and uh, hopefully as your interests can as well. So until next time, guys, take care of yourselves.